Hey guys, quick little note before I start the podcast. Officially, I am recording this uh, while recuperating from the flu, so if I seem off or if I throw out any incorrect information, chalk it up to that. Uh, Not at the top of my game this week. Hope to be back next week. Alright, thanks guys. Enjoy. Welcome back to the NFFL Podcast. It is week three. I am your host, Dr. Headley, currently sitting at 2-0, coaching the night shift to a beautiful record so far. It is week three in the NFL, which means it's week three in the NFFL. So we've got a lot to look at this week. First off, this is rivalry week. That's right. Rivalry week, where we deliberately set up schedules to have you playing against teams that you've got some vested interest in defeating, or at least not losing to. Also of note, there are only four undefeated teams left in the league. One third of the NFFL teams have yet to lose, so watch out for that this weekend. We might be seeing another one fall from those ranks. There's not a lot of big news to recap this week. No monster trades like last week, though I was waiting to see if Ben was going to ship off a fifth of his roster again. So let's get right into our game recaps. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Week two in the NFL featured a lot of uh, less than stellar offensive and defensive play again. So we're going to keep that bump going, that little drop. It's just like walking through San Diego drinking milk when it's hot out. So for all you Ron Burgundy fans out there, as long as the NFL has some pretty questionable offensive play going on, you'll hear that. Our first recap this week is from the 302 versus Outcast game. This was affectionately known around these parts as the Trash Talk Bowl, as both 302 and the Outcast owners went head to head, just throwing all kinds of fun four letter colorful metaphors at each other. Now, for 302, Jordan Howard and Brandon Cooks ranking 6th and 7th on our bus list for this week did not help them. Major underperformance there. And their defensive lows with the linebacker core killed what could have been a shot at triumphing over the outcasts. Seriously, ask Connor sometime about his defensive woes last week with one player going AWOL, another one being injured and not being able to start. And all that fun stuff. The outcasts were pretty much average across the board. Their projections were um, largely spot on, at least close. But C.J. Anderson going off against Dallas's defense made all the difference for them. The outcasts, of course, came away victorious in this one. Uh, let's hear what their owner has to say at their post-game press conference. Hey, gang, uh, with uh, week two in the books, we're still seeing uh, the injury list pretty long and, and underwhelming performances, both on an individual basis and team basis, NFL and fantasy football wide. Uh, hopefully, 
uh, as teams continue to knock the rust off, we'll see a, a better product on the weekends, um, but still disappointing overall. 302, uh, tight game. Sweated it out a little bit there at the end. My advice to 302 moving forward is if you're going to do really creepy press conferences or you're trying to trash talk, you should probably put in a call to Conor McGregor and get some lessons. Um, pretty terrible stuff, man. Other than that, uh, survival-wise, everybody made it through to week three. Arizona um, put a scare in everybody, as well as the Seattle game. So some uh, risky picks, but uh, everybody made it through. So good luck this week. Peace. And, of course, 302 as the loser had their own, uh, their own thoughts to add from the podium. Let's hear what Coach Bizzle has to say. Ben, you're right. I shouldn't be giving smack talk like I'm Jake the Snake Roberts. It's 2017. Time to act like it. No more smack talk. I speak the truth. I'm a freaking Irishman. So why don't you take your tired observations of the last week, thank the Lord you escaped a narrow victory, and shut the fuck up. I'm the godfather of Nellis. I run this shit. You are blessed because I made you blessed. And you know something else? Your email this week trying to get everyone to boycott trading with me and Ty. I, I worry about you, man. I worry about your well-being. I'm, I'm serious. I worry about you. I love you. I love you like you're my bitch because clearly nobody gives a fuck about your boycott. All right, so let's take a look at our next game, Night Shift, going up against Sweatman's Runners. This game was close through the afternoon games on Sunday, but Night Shift was able to pull ahead and cruise to a sound victory on the back, or hands, of Michael Crabtree and his 29 points right up head-to-head against Amari Cooper and his, well, nowhere near 29 points for Sweatman's Runners. I think the most damaging... Uh, player to Night Shift's roster. Sweatman's runners. Was Greg Olson and his broken foot early in the game. Uh, low numbers just didn't pan out. He really could have used that solid tight end play. Now, Sweatman's runners did finish with the week's number two defense that outscored his number 12 ranked offense by nearly 12 points. So just uh, something to think about there, Sweatman's Runners. Uh, You might want to uh, beef up that offense a little bit. Game number three is the Awful Waffles going up against Grizzles Gladiators. This was projected to be separated by less than a point, and in the end it was one of the biggest blowouts of the week. Grizzles Gladiators' bottom half defense last week turned it around and became our number one scoring defense of this week, which really helped power for the win. And Awful Waffles was really seriously hurt by Jordy Nelson and Jimmy Graham, both on the top bus list this week. Jordy put up a goose egg, Jimmy put up next to nothing, and a few of his other star players just, it seems like they hit the snooze button this week and slept in. Fourth matchup of the week was Gridiron Mafia going up against Roster Guard 99. What can we say about Roster Guard 99's offense this season? In fact, this week, only J.J. Nelson in the flex really stepped up and did anything for his team. Everyone else just didn't show up, it seems. 
the Tampa Bay defense probably did more damage to Jameis Winston's QB numbers than the Chicago defense did, because this game was over by halftime, and really it just it killed roster guards' hopes from the quarterback position. Gridiron Mafia's number three offense powered through. No real standouts, just seems like everyone took the Bill Belichick course and out of play and did their job. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer ran into the buzzsaw that is the Unsolid's Dream Team roster. In fact, the Unsolid didn't even need to field a defense to beat Jim Kelly Hates Cancer this week. Only four players for the Unsolid finished at or below their projections, so solid game all around for their roster. And Jim Kelly Hates Cancer's offensive woes continue in Week 2. The offense only outscored their own defense by .04 points. Yes, we're talking .4 yards. .04 yards, correction, of a difference. One catch would have made all the difference for their offense. So we need to shore those up. Bonus points for the Unsullied as they earn... The Whoopass Award of the Week for the largest margin of victory, 90.36 points. Rounding out our game recaps is Lance Manlove going up against Ninja Panthers. The game was close until Ninja Panthers pulled ahead Sunday afternoon and just didn't let go of the lead. Now, Ninja Panthers was able to do this even with a severe gap between the offense. They had the number two offense on the week, but the number 11 defense. What should really hurt for Lance Manlove is that nearly 40 points were left on their bench that could have won this one for them. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure! We've come too far! There's too much to lose! We've got to just keep our composure! That sound means it's time to look ahead at this week's games. Uh, Going to keep our composure, hopefully keep moving. Like I said, four undefeateds. Someone's got to get knocked off their pedestal. Our first matchup is Awful Waffles going up against Sweatman's Runners. Uh, for Sweatman's Runners, I'm watching to see if Amari Cooper sees the opposite side of the field of Josh Norman. He doesn't tend to travel a lot with the top receiver. So can he rebound after being practically forgotten last week by Derek Carr? And for the Awful Waffles, is Green Bay going to have Jordy Nelson? And will DeMarco Murray... Will he be recovered enough from that hamstring injury that's been around since preseason that he tweaked last week? I'm going to go with Sweatman's Runners to take the victory in this one. Night Shift versus Ninja Panthers is our second lineup we're looking at this week. The Chapel Clash returns for Rivalry Week. Former roommates, head-to-head. Last year, Night Shift won all three meetings between these two. For Ninja Panthers, I'm going to watch their running backs with Devontae Freeman and Isaiah Crowell, especially Crowell. What's he going to do going up against that Colts defense that's just such a juicy matchup? And for the Night Shift, going to watch out for TJ Watt's health. Is he going to come back from the groin injury this week and play like he did week one? And Derrick Henry is just... He's chomping at the bit to sub in for DeMarco Murray. I already mentioned, got that hamstring issue. I'm going to go with the night shift as my pick to win this week's matchup. 
Matchup number three is 302 going up against Roster Guard 99. This is probably the longest running feud in the NFFL. 302 has the edge 17 games won to 12 won by Roster Guard 99. Now, is AJ Green going to be good enough in Green Bay to overcome Andy Dalton for 302? And for Roster Guard, did Denver give the league the key to beating Ezekiel Elliott? Keep an eye on that matchup. I'm going to pick Roster Guard to go 0-3 this week and 302 to make that 18-12 in their win column against Roster Guard 99. Gridiron Mafia has taken on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer this week. Now, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer has finished in the bottom third in offense the last two weeks, so can they break out of the slump this week? And Aaron Rodgers is going to be the key for Gridiron Mafia. With his receiving core lying dead and wounded all over the field around him, are there going to be enough bodies to catch the ball and help the pack beat the hapless bungles this year? I think he's going to get just enough help and that Gridiron Mafia is going to advance to 3-0. and Grizzles Gladiators have taken on Lance Manlove. It's 2-0 versus 0-2. For Lance Manlove, will Big Ben feast on that Bears defense, or is he going to be taking the alley out of the action by his own stingy defense? We've seen the Steelers put up some big numbers on defense the last couple weeks, so watch out for Big Ben. He could be a victim of his own team. The key for Grizzles Gladiators is going to be Matt Ryan going up against a surprisingly competent Lions defense. Now, Ryan's underperformed both weeks so far, so can he bust out of this rut he's got? I'm going to pick Grizzles Gladiators in a very easy matchup. Our final matchup of next week that we're looking at is the Outcasts going up against the Unsullied. The Unsullied is putting a lot of hope in a healthy Patriots passing attack with Gronk and Hogan going up against a very stingy Houston defense, and both are on the injury report, so we'll see how that goes. And watch out for the Outcasts wide receiver core. You've got uh, Martavis Bryant in Chicago, could be a non-factor if the Steelers' defense has its way. And Jeffrey going up against the New York Giants' secondary. Secretary? Secondary. And Stills against the New York Jets. I have in my notes, forget about it. I'm going to pick the outcasts in the upset on the strength of those wide receivers. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. That's Ricky Bobby taking us into the free agent pickup of the week. Our top three free agent pickups this week that were picked up after last week's games, before this week's games, and started for their teams. Number three, Mason Foster, Washington linebacker, put up 14.20 points for Grizzles Gladiators. Alan Hearns, the Jacksonville wide receiver, very deftly stepped in for the injured star down there putting up 17.20 points for Lance Manlove. And our number one free agent pickup of the week was Geno Atkins. Surprisingly enough, a Cincinnati player on this uh, on this docket here. Defensive lineman put up 17.60 points for the night shift. So congratulations to you three. Did a lot of good work on waiver wire this week. And I'll notice there's no 302 in these three studs. <laughs> 
That's right. That sad trombone means it's time for the bad break of the week. Now, last week I gave you three, but this week there's really just one that takes the cake. It's Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Only three of his players met or exceeded their projections this week, and he ran into the buzzsaw, that is the Unsullied, to the tune of a 90-point blowout. So, sorry about that this week, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. You have our bad break of the week. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Yes, are kind of a big deal. These are the top three studs of the week who outperform their projections. Michael Crabtree, wide receiver for Oakland, and on the night shift's roster, outperformed his projections by 16-plus points. Chris Thompson, running back for Washington, outperformed by 16.16, really just .03 point difference in outprojecting, outplaying his projections, the Michael Crabtree. But the star of the week, the notable stud, is C.J. Anderson riding on the Unsolids roster, running back for Denver, 17.69 points above his projections. So good job this week to you guys. Now, unfortunately... It is time for our bus of the week. You are a smelly pirate hooker. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? These three guys just could not get out of their own way. Ezekiel Elliott was bottled up completely by the Denver defense and scored only 4.20 points, which is 13.22 points under his projections. He had a horrible day. In fact, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but LaDainian Tomlinson called him out on his leadership and the fact that he quit on his team. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Our top two, or bottom two, however you choose to look at it, busts of the week are really on here because of injury. T.J. Watt. Pittsburgh linebacker, rookie sensation from week one, more than 13 points under his projections because of a groin injury early. And Jordy Nelson left before he put up a single point on the day, 15 and a half points under his projections. So, guys, I am so sorry, but you are all on the hook for being bust this week. Oh, yeah! That sound means it's time for our rookies of the week. On defense, Jordan Lewis. Tyus Bowser and Gerard Davis, or Jared Davis, who, depending on which announcer you listen to, all were studs on the defense. And the offense, Leonard Fournette, once again we see him, Kareem Hunt, him as well, and Deshaun Watson sandwiched in between those two running backs. They all did really well for their teams this week, both in real life and in fantasy. Oh, yeah! Now, here's, here's a little bit of something I... Uh, I had our stats department come up with, so Scotty, thank you so much for your extra hard work here. These are the statistical probabilities of making the playoffs in the NFFL when you started 0-2, like a few of our teams have. Starting 0-2 has happened 43 times in our 15-plus year history. Only 17 times has someone gone 0-2 to the playoffs, so that is a 39.53% chance of happening. So there is some hope if you started 0-2, but if you lose this week and you go 0-3, that's only happened 19 times in our league. And only five of those teams saw the promised land that is the playoffs, so 26.32% chance of that happening. So those of you guys that are 0-2 this week, you really want to look to avoid 0-3 because the numbers are not in your favor. 
Before I sign off, my picks record last week, uh, I was two and four. This week, I went five and one, only missing out on the 302 victory pick, which puts me at seven and five on the season. So, a reminder don't forget to set your lineups early. We've got Thursday night football with the Rams taking on the Niners and the London game Sunday morning with the Jaguars hosting the Ravens. And if you haven't seen it, check out the uh, serious fumble the Ravens have on social media with photoshopping their logo on the Queen's face. Very quickly deleted by them. Check it out. Week three is here. I'm excited. See you guys soon.